Buenas tardes, church. You ate your rice and beans this morning. That's how we say in Nicaragua when I get a good call and response. Gracias, hijo. My name is Inez Velasquez McBride, and I'm one of the co-lead pastors here at the church we hope for. And it is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening with the people of God this evening because the name of the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. It is a joy to be here and to give you a brief little update in a few seconds. First, let's, let me read. And um, we're going to worship with our bodies this evening. We're going to keep worshiping with our bodies. Thank you, Pastora Rosa, for leading us in that bilingual worship that moved my heart. Um, the first time that we did an in-person service here, I know my mascara may be, cr may be like all over my face. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Uh -huh. How's my hair, too? That have you seen that shoes? Listen, the higher the heel, the closer to heaven. The closer to the anointing. <laughs> um, where was I? <laughs> Our first in-person service, we did a land acknowledgement, recognizing that we're standing on stolen land. And so we uh, did a, a land acknowledgement that first time, and I don't need to do another land acknowledgement now, but as we read from the First Nations uh, uh, version, I would like to invite you to stand in solidarity because I know that this word of God, this blessed word of God has been used to weaponize and um, enchain and enslave humans. And so thank you to Sandy and Doug Schaub for your vision for us to go through the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know where you are, you're there somewhere. Can't see because of the lights. Um, because even last Wednesday, uh, as a non-indigenous person, to hear the word of God in a different language, it disrupted my imagination. And so today as we read God's word in Matthew chapter three, verses 13 through 17, I'd like for us to stand in solidarity as an act of resistance and also as an act of worship. And as we uh, consider that we're standing on stolen land, this is Tonga land. This is the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Gift of goodwill, John, then looked up and saw creator sets free Jesus wading out into the water of the river flowing down Jordan. He had come from circle of nations, Galilee, a journey of many days for the purification ceremony. But gift of goodwill, John tried to stop him. Why are you coming to me? He asked humbly. I am the one who should come to you. Listen, this is the way it should be for now. Creator sets free. Jesus answered. It is the right thing to do to bring honor to the ways of great spirit. Gift of goodwill, John agreed to perform the ceremony. And as soon as Creator sets free, Jesus came up from the water. He saw the sky open. The spirit of Creator came down like a dove. Y'all can look back to that beautiful mosaic and imagine this. The spirit of Creator came down like a dove and rested on Creator sets free. A voice from the sky spoke like distant thunder. This is my much-loved son who makes my heart glad. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You may be seated. 
Last Thursday, uh, just by way of update as well, last Thursday, uh, Pastor Bobby and Serena and Sandy and Sarah Dornbos and Rochelle, and I hope I'm not missing anybody, participated in yet one more evening of something called the Reconcile Pasadena. We have joined a cohort of um, pastors and, and community activists and leaders faith leaders, regular leaders in the community of Pasadena to understand how um, unjust systems built the city of Pasadena. To understand how the schools and kids, uh, how the school system has affected children historically and has uh, affected children in unjust ways. To understand housing and homelessness, how unjust systems built those systems to keep people out. To understand more about police and incarceration and to also understand there's a special pod just reserved for us pastors and clergy. To see how the church has been complicit in protecting and perpetuating systems of systemic injustice. So y'all pray for us because all of us meet five hours a month, twice a month for five hours for the next three months will be done in July. And we're listening to the injustices, understanding the history of the land so that we can ask God, God, how would you like us to make a dent in that injustice? Amen. So last Thursday night, that's the context and also a little by way of update that this is what we are doing, though you may not see us doing this, this is what we're doing. Your, your pastors and your church family are listening in discernment to what the Spirit of God would have us do and engage. So last Thursday night, Janelle Austin, a friend of this church, a friend of many of us here, Janelle Austin came and spoke about sustaining our pursuit for racial justice. She gave in a phenomenal presentation. Janelle is the executive director of the George Floyd Global Memorial Square, and she is the caretaker and curator of that community, and it is a community. She spoke of the power of remembrance and place, and the power of that specific place, and to remember to not forget what happened in that place. That memorial has collected over 5,000 offerings, I'm not talking about financial offerings, but actual physical offerings that have been uh, brought to the memorial as an act of thanks, um, not thanks, as, as an act of remembrance for what happened in that place. And she says that that memorial is about community, liberation, public grief, and protest. And she said something that I've been thinking about all week, or since then, the importance of preserving story. The importance of preserving story because we have to remember, Janelle says, and we have to remember the truth. Amen? If you can't say amen, you can say ouch. That's okay. We have to remember, and we have to remember the truth. She invited me to not forget what happened in that square, which is a representation of what has happened historically in this country and the church has perpetuated these injustices. She reminded me about when that man called for his mama. Do y'all remember that? She reminded me about how traumatized we were to see viral public lynchings in the time when we were already experiencing a, a global pandemic. And she reminded me to remember and to remember the truth, the importance of remembering the truth. 
You don't have to be a mother or, or have given birth to children biologically to, to have felt your insides churn when George called for his mother, Larsenia. Say her name, Larsenia. And I imagine that she, he called for her because she was the one that loved him first, that loved him most, and that loved him best. And in that great moment of terror and vulnerability, remembering place, in that place, remembering memories of the one who have loved him most. Remembering is an act of justice. Es un acto de justicia. And as Janelle kept talking and unpacking that talk, which was phenomenal, yeah, I wish you could get the recording, she also talked about the importance of joy. In this church, we say that we can't have Jesus without justice, and I would like now to add that we can't have justice without joy. Amen. We can't have justice without joy to remember those moments when God has declared his joy and delight over us. So it may sound strange that I was thinking about baptism as Janelle was talking to us about the power of place and the power of what happened in Minneapolis. And to this day, the streets are still taken in Minneapolis until justice enters into that square. We pray to the Lord for that. So as I think about the, the life of Jesus, also one who was lynched, as I think about the life of Jesus, and I think about this passage that I just read, and I will read also in uh, the English uh, NASB, I think about the affirmation of Jesus' identity by God the Father in this moment. In this moment where before Jesus had done anything right or anything wrong, which we know he didn't do anything wrong, but anything at all, any, any work of ministry that he had done, the voice of God the Father rends the heavens in affirmation of his son. And today, as the children, as Jacob and the rest of the children today are leading us into the waters of baptism, I believe our children, our youth, are leading us in a remembrance of our identity, in our belovedness, and our belonging. So in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, when Jesus had arrived from, uh, from Galilee to the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him, in verse 14 it says that John tried to stop him because I think he's saying, listen, you are divine and I am human and you don't need to be, I don't need to be baptizing you, but Jesus I think was saying, listen, bodies are important and I need to be baptized as a human not as divine. Because John, I'm going to be well acquainted with your grief. His cousin, his primo, it was going to cost him his life to tell the truth, right? John was a truth teller and pay the cost for it, right? And in that moment, Jesus was saying, listen, I need to be baptized as a human because I need strength as a human to live in this body as a brown Palestinian man from Galilee as a human to be able to fulfill all justicia, my Spanish Bible says. Your English one says righteousness. 
permitted at this time, let us do this, John, because in this way it will be fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, all justicia. And it wasn't just a personal justicia to make justice happen, it has to happen in community. So John, you better baptize me, child, as a human. And so as Jesus goes into the waters of baptism after 30 winters, I think is what the, this passage says later on, after 30 winters, after being baptized in verse 16, it says that Jesus comes up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened. And the gospel of Luke says that also he was praying when he comes up out of the water and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. Maybe like so. And the voice of heaven invites Jesus into the waters of his belovedness to remind him and ground him and center him. If Jesus needed this reminder before he had done any work, this was an act of worship. To remember our baptism and remember that our baptism is bound in our belovedness. So today as the children are leading us to remember our baptism, I'd like to invite you to remember your belovedness. Because bodies are beloved. And in these words that we see here from the thunderous voice, uh, from a distant thunder, it says, a voice from the sky spoke like distant thunder. This is my much beloved son who makes my heart glad. The center of this line right now is God, Yahweh. Father God, who we also know also as Mother God. We say that in this church often. And here, God the Father says that belovedness originates in God. My much beloved son, mine. Nobody else's mine. My beloved son. This belovedness originates in God. And today I'd like to remind you of your Belovedness, as we enter into the waters of baptism, enter into the waters of your belovedness. This world is going to remind you and give you competing memories about not being beloved. This world is going to remind you and give you competing messages about your belovedness. Homophobia is gonna lie and say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch. Racism is gonna lie and say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong. Sexism is going to lie and say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong in the room. Ableism is gonna lie and say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong. Classism is going to lie and say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong. Your educational status is gonna say that you aren't beloved and that you don't belong. Your immigration status is gonna say that you are not welcomed in this country and that you don't belong. Do you smell what I'm stepping in? If you can't say amen, you can say ouch, church. 
Amen. But belovedness, to begin from this place, to remind Jesus about his belovedness, about the scandalous love of God, that is a grace granted by God the Father. Granted by the one that created you. We were having coffee with Janet and uh, Mike Hale this, this past week because they filled out a connect card and we got to connect with them. <laughs> thank you, I didn't tell you I was gonna say that, but thank you. And we were chatting together, just listening to their story and I hope that you don't mind me sharing this, uh, Mike. You, just, you were just so excited and passionately talking about the scandalous love of God. That God's love, that God's love was so scandalous and so inclusive and so radical that the religious leaders of the time hated Jesus for that, right? And I've been thinking about those words all, all week or since we had coffee about just the scandalous and the radical love of God that people just couldn't stand how loving Jesus was. Just couldn't stand the sinners that he was hanging with. Just couldn't stand how inclusive he was. He was always on the streets. Loving people, reminding them about their belovedness. Because you know what? His father had reminded him of his. So his being was flowing from a place of belovedness. Belovedness is a grace granted by God. And not these isms and not these systems that will tell you otherwise. God's liberating love is louder than any of the lies of your own, of these isms, of your own trauma or hearts, heartaches or wounds. God's voice will rend the heavens today through the voices of children. I'd like for you to pay attention to their testimonials today because God today will speak through them. May their voices pierce our calloused hearts to remind us of the beloved love of God. God's voice today is going to sound like God saying, Hija amada, esta es mi hija amada en quien tengo complacencia. Este es mi hijo amado en quien tengo complacencia. This is my beloved daughter, my much beloved daughter who makes my heart glad. I not only love her, I like her. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I don't only love you, but I like you. I like hanging around with you. You haven't done anything yet, and I love you not for what you do, but just who you are. Before Jesus had done anything, I wonder if God just knew that he was going to have to come back to this centering memory over and over and over again, especially as it was coming near to Passion Week, and those that were going to betray him were the ones closest to him. Pastor Bobby last week rocked me when he reminded us that Mary was in the upper room in Acts chapter one, and Pastor Bobby said, Mary, you know, she could have been like, oh, y'all were the fools who betrayed my son? Okay. <laughs> but Pastor Bobby said that Mary must have experienced a different, a different grace. Maybe he didn't say in those words, but this is what I was feeling when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me that Mary was gonna be in the room, in an upper room with others that had betrayed. What kind of love is this? What kind of love is this? Church, a love that invites us 
into a belovedness that we just cannot fathom or understand. So this is a centering memory for Jesus. And I wonder if he often went back in his times alone with God the Father and said, God, just I need your help right now. Because there's competing memories and competing messages and competing thoughts that this world is throwing at me. But I'm going to need you to tell me one more time just how much you love me, God. This belovedness is a grace granted by God. And not dependent on anything that you are or have done or ever will do. In your belovedness, you will find belonging, both personal and public. A couple of weeks ago, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Robbie also said that God is the God of the, the many and the many, the public and the very particular. If you look at all the Gospels, and, and I went and looked to remind myself of the words that were used in some of the Gospels, it says, you are my beloved son. God is speaking directly to Jesus. And in other Gospels, he is saying, this is my beloved son in the third person. Like someone heard him say that about Jesus. So it was both a personal message of love as well as everybody else also needed to know how inclusive God's love is because that's how it is. It is expansive and scandalous and radical. The God of the many and the God of the many, Bobby said. So today, as God speaks through thunderous children being dunked in the waters of baptism, daughter and daughters and son, remember your belovedness, familia, and guard it. Because it's the first thing the enemy comes at you when he's trying to take you out of the game. Because in your belovedness, you find your identity and you find your belonging. And it is both personal as well as public. We desire to be a beloved community moved by this same spirit that overshadowed Mary to give birth to Jesus and now overshadows Jesus to give birth to us. Find a safe community that reminds you how beloved you are on the days that your courage is slow and your hope is low. On the days that you feel most unlovable, see how that community responds to you. And do they welcome you into these waters of liberation because God's love is liberating. So I'd like to invite you to remember your belovedness you were born with belovedness, like you don't have to do anything to acquire it. You don't have to fabricate it or work for it. You were born with belovedness. I'd like for you to breathe in your belovedness because the first thing that the text doesn't say, but we know it's there, is that when Jesus comes up out of the water, what's the first thing he does is he takes a breath. And last Wednesday when we were reading Matthew 5, we all noticed in the First Nations version that it was inserted there that Jesus would take a deep breath before he would speak things. It's not mentioned in this particular story, but I, I caught wind of that, Doug and Sandy, and it meant a lot to me that he took a breath. So Jesus being born in belovedness and breathing in your belovedness is important. It is not trite and it is not small. It is a centering memory when competing memories come. So today, may you be reminded that you can be baptized in your belovedness 
And listen, some of y'all may, be fell by the, may, be, may feel by the Holy Spirit that after you see these children lead us into the waters of baptism, maybe you want to get dunked today. <laughs> Find Bobby. He brought his shorts today. <laughs> Find one of us. Are we going to stop the Spirit? No, ma'am. From doing what this, only the Spirit can do here today? The children are leading us and they're wading in the water like that spiritual hymn says. Waiting for those waters to be troubled by grace. So as Jesus rises up from these waters of baptism, he took a breath and he breathed in his belovedness from his father who said, Hijo mio, you are my much beloved son and in you I am well pleased. May you be able to breathe in your belovedness and exhale what is not belovedness as a daily and important practice. I pray that your belovedness becomes to you so natural and so normal as the air you breathe. And when something or someone says otherwise that you would pause and take a deep breath and say, listen, I am beloved. I don't know what you're talking about, but I and beloved by God. So let me pray for us before we continue, before we continue being led in worship and in the sacrament of baptism as our children lead us into these waters of liberation. Let me pray for us. God, we continue in holy expectation and in hope-filled anticipation that you are here with us today that you have been rendering our hearts open to receive this grace. A grace that is not too small, but a grace made big. And so God, as our children, lead us into these liberating waters of the gospel of Jesus Christ as we are led into the life of Jesus, as we are led into the love of Jesus, as we are led into the laughter of Jesus, as we are led into the joy and justice of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, won't you rend our hearts today? May we be reminded of our belovedness, born in belovedness, may we breathe it in and breathe it out. God, thank you for these little, these little prophets and prophetesses that Amy has been leading and shaping and forming into the life, love, and justice of Jesus. Oh God, we pray an anointing grace over these children that they will continue leading protests and that their very love and laughter will be defiant joy in a world of injustice. They aren't the future, they are the present. And boy, do I need them today. So Jesus, we love you with an undying love. And God, I thank you that you love us with an undying love and with a steadfast love and that you pursue us with loving kindness and you have chased after us. So we wade in the waters this evening. We wade in the waters, waiting for you to trouble these waters with your grace, with your scandalous grace. In Jesus' name, amen.